0: What do we even mean by inner peace? And is it is it something that's attainable in this lifetime?
1: A nice simple question, Star. Um.
2: <laughs> Welcome to A Conscious Way Forward, a podcast about healing, reimagining leadership, and reinventing education. If you're a seeker, change maker, or a dreamer, you're in the right place. I'm your host, David K. Richards and I'm on a mission to help individuals rise in consciousness and usher in a new paradigm of a more equitable and just global society. As an educator, founder and CEO, dadpreneur, coach, and ambassador for change, I share my conscious journey through real, raw, and relatable stories while engaging in conversations with a diverse group of guests. I discuss timeless wisdom teachings and how they've helped me navigate life, leadership, parenting, and heal my traumatic childhood wounds. If you're ready to come home to your soul's purpose, co-create a more equitable world, dream, act and heal for together. Then please continue to listen. Hello everyone, it's great to be with Helen Hamilton today. Helen is a spiritual teacher and her life goal is to demystify spiritual awakening and make it accessible for everyone. And she does this through her weekly sought songs on how to dissolve the ego and step into our real and infinite selves. In today's episode, we discuss how to define and find inner peace by accepting ourselves in each now moment, accepting the as is for what it is. We explore the role of the mind and how to change our perspectives on how the mind wants to label emotions as good or bad. We also lay out how a regular meditation practice helps us to understand the futile nature of resistance while also giving us the ability to differentiate between the higher and lower mind. This knowing eventually leads us to the difference between the illusion and suffering of separateness and the truth of our boundless essence. And we go over how resistance creates suffering while radical acceptance creates space for infinite possibilities. And finally, we discover how simple mindfulness can lead to an evolution of awakening into a fully embodied knowingness of your intuition and essence. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode.
0: Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be back with Helen Hamilton. We were just chatting and realize it's been about a year since the last time we spent some time together and I did share with Helen that she was the most downloaded of all my conversations so she's very popular she's she's a celebrity (laughs) anyway welcome back Helen it's great to be with you again
1: thank you thanks for having me back I've been really looking forward to this oh
0: amazing amazing and you know I, I people have heard kind of a little bit about you and you've been on before and I love 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 going to your songs and following you on YouTube and really just the energy is powerful. And I love that both of our people who listen to us really enjoyed our conversation. So hopefully we can yeah. continue the conversation. And I'm going to start with a really simple question that we joked about before we hit record. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this yay. is just the way I roll. I've always rolled this way. Yeah. When I was a teacher, I would I would ask the kids these questions on the first day and my friends would say, you're supposed to kind of like warm them up before you just go deep. And I'm like, well, I only know how to go deep, so and I know my audience will
1: appreciate. That's that's not you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: But you know, one of the things that when I listen to you and I spend time in your energy, I always feel this peacefulness, this feeling of peace. And I know that a lot of people that I work with will ask me, you know, how do you how do you find inner peace and what is inner peace and what does that mean? And so I thought we could just kind of start the conversation by discussing. What do we even mean by inner peace? And is it is it something that's attainable in this lifetime?
1: A nice, simple question to start with. Um, <laughs> Well, For me, peace is, um, it, well, it, the first definition that wants to come is an absence of conflict. You know, some uh, environment inside where I'm not in conflict with myself at all. And what that meant for me was, I wasn't rejecting any part of myself at all. However, I was showing up in this moment. So whatever thoughts, emotions, sensations, whatever was going on, whatever karmic patterns were happening, um, just a total allowance of that without any sense that it should be different. It doesn't mean I'm enjoying what's going on. I might not be enjoying if my mind's doing its thing or there's some real strong negative emotion or something, but... uh, not not rejecting myself in this moment however my body is my mind everything for me that's an, a total absence of conflict I'm being myself completely in this moment and that naturally brings um a deep peace with it a contentment that um it is just uh the best thing I've ever experienced because it's uh, very soothing for the body as well it doesn't um disappear it comes and goes at first when we're learning right. to not reject ourselves but um that would be my definition of inner peace
0: that is really just I love it I love it and it's um it's really I mean I heard you say it as it's really just accepting this is these are my words but like it's accepting the as is or accepting what is yeah and not being in resistance to the now moment. Is that kind of what you were alluding to?
1: Yeah, because we can't change. um, If I'm feeling some emotion right now or some uh, thoughts are happening or both, I can't change that right Mm -hmm. now. It's already happening that way. I might want it to be different in the next moment, but by rejecting myself right now, saying I shouldn't be this way or it shouldn't be, my mind shouldn't be this way, um, or this emotion should go, then I'm I'm really trying to get rid of some part of myself. I'm showing up as these thoughts. I'm showing up as this emotion. Uh, My body's showing up like this. And so I'm rejecting myself then. And I'm never going to find peace that way. I mean, we all try to. We all try that way. But it doesn't work. And uh, that just got clearer and clearer for me that the only way to get what I want, to feel how I want, is to accept myself in this moment. It doesn't mean liking doesn't mean even wanting it to continue but just kind of admitting this is how it is right now and it can't be otherwise right now
0: right right so is there um kind of a release of attachment to any kind of i like this or i don't like this or how you know when you're when you're having this moment and maybe it's something you don't like how do you proceed
1: well part of accepting myself as I am in this moment is that I might have a strong desire I really don't want this fear or this unworthiness mm. or yes. this physical pain or I really would like more peace so there can be a real strong desire there for how you would like things to go moving forward and that is appearing I'm showing up as this desire in this moment so accepting that and that no human being ever is going to like being in pain or feeling right. some strong negative emotion and to pretend otherwise really is just uh pointless isn't it so yeah i'm accepting this moment completely i'm accepting myself this moment completely and that may include some strong preference or desire right that's also arising that's part of right well
0: and what i have found is when you can really start to embody that practice that it kind of passes i mean obviously there's physical pain right but even then you can kind of like that can be less painful, or at some point it does disappear for certain people. But yeah. let's say it's just like a feeling of, I don't like this, or, you know, I don't like the feeling. Yeah. What That's I have it. found is when you can just accept it and not resist it, that it literally floats away like a cloud.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, only by doing that is it going to float away because mm-hmm. um, otherwise you're just pushing against yourself. You're, you're in that conflict again. And um, What you're, the old saying, what you resist persists. Right. uh, And what you look at goes away. Uh, So just noticing the difference for me between accepting something exists in this moment and liking it or wanting it or even validating it. It's just, it's really quite insane to not accept that this thing is here that I'm already feeling. So that once I got that, it was a lot easier. I don't, it doesn't mean I like it or even want it.
0: Right, right. And then um, do you, I mean, I think I know your answer, but I'm going to just ask to see what you say. So, Do you label these emotions as good or bad or these feelings or these sensations, or do you just kind of see them for what they are?
1: I mean, mine, my mind would want to, you know, before uh, this is good, you know, bliss is good and fear is bad and right. all of that. And wanted and not wanted come along with that. But Really, they're just, uh, eventually, they're just kind of different vibrations going through my body. And the higher vibrations, we tend to call pleasant, the lower ones, right. we tend to call them unpleasant. Right. But by not resisting them anyway, accepting them in this moment, they tend to change, like you said, into higher vibrations. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's a really low energy that we really don't want to feel is because we're resisting it a lot more. Right. So it's trying to change anyway. And it needs our acceptance to do that. So mm. Those labels are still there, but they're not right. um, not so absolute. You know, they're just kind of um, different ways to look at it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew the mind would come up at, at some point in the conversation. It's already <laughs> <Yeah>. come up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so you're, you said obviously the mind wants to label as unpleasant or pleasant. And this, this sensation is coming... And it's not pleasant. Like it's not; it doesn't feel good. You know, you, you can give an example, or we can just you know. But at, at how do you kind of work with the mind as you're going through this this process of accepting it for what it is?
1: Probably just to to recognize that your mind is never going to like something. It's gonna that's unpleasant or you know physical, mental, emotional pain. Um. Yeah it's never going to reach where the self is, the, the real self. It's never yes. going to go, this is okay, we can let this be. It, it's um, modus operandi is is to try to talk about it, reject it, find a way to get rid of it. Right. Anything other than be with it. And It's not the mind's fault, it's just the way it is. Um, so it will give you all its labels, you know, oh, last time you felt this, it went on for you know six hours and it got really bad and i'm scared of it i don't want to feel it again and you know all those things will come from mind but just recognizing uh clear that that's what mind does and it can't be otherwise it can't um it can't even see that by accepting it this thing will feel easier you know even physical pain as you said is easier without interacting with it on a personal level it's just here. My body's feeling it. I'm not offering any resistance to it. Don't enjoy it. Right. So just understanding the way the mind is and why it works that way, why it says those things, um, you can just let those thoughts come up. Then they can just be part of what's showing up in this moment. I don't want this. I don't like this. How long is it going to go on for? And whatever else it's doing.
0: Yeah. This is. Um, so yeah. This is what one of the part. Uh, one of the things I really love about your teachings is let's just really understand what the role of the mind is. So I want to really like highlight this and have people hear this clearly because their minds probably already filtered it out and and maybe changed the, what you said, but what is like, literally what is the role of the mind and what does it do and what's it made to do so that we can just say, this is what it is and not resist it and just be with it and understand it and just have clear understanding what it, what its role is. I'm not trying to change what it's supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah, and understanding it is, is key, was key for me. Uh, recognizing that my mind is um, an extension of uh, this very primitive, egoic sense of self, uh, but in a more complex way now. So it's it's generally looking for, it's sorting everything it experiences through these good and bad labels, wanted and right. not wanted. and Whatever's going to make me feel better, make me safer, according to mind. Uh, make me more loved more liked all of that it's going to label in this wanted and good category right
0: and And this is the duality of the mind
1: yeah exactly yeah and it's constantly sifting and sorting and every time it experiences something it tries to figure out if it's seen it before what happened last time i experienced this if we take fear as an example um it puts it in the not wanted category and it brings back all the memories of all the times we felt fear before Right. It's trying to understand it, trying to know what to do with it. Uh, so, and and it's really an extension of this very primitive fight or flight. Do I run towards this thing or run away? And of course, we're not physically running, right. but energetically, we might be kind of, I don't want this. Or right. I do. if we talk about bliss or something or peace, yes, I do want this. So just understanding that it can't see the oneness of everything, mind. It's, right. It's, it's only thing it can do. It's got two two categories, and it's got to try and decide which one this thing goes into. And uh, once it's decided a category, it never really changes that. It can't. So it's like a big reference library. What I it's think. Like it it's like a computer.
0: It's like a computer. That's the way we yeah. talk about it in our
1: program. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and it's just picking, it, sifting, and sorting. This one, this one here, this one goes here. And it to expect it to do anything other than that is. Um, the part of mind that we're talking about, at least, is um, expecting something that can't happen. Right. So once I recognize that's that's really all my mind can do with this thing that I'm experiencing, then I'm not going to push against it so much and yeah. it won't uh, talk so much.
0: Yeah. So I've heard, it's funny because as I was, the question was coming through my head, I'm like, this is a duality, but (laughs) I've heard the higher mind and the lower mind, because as you're speaking, I know some people, because I know I went through this at the beginning, being very intellectual and, you know, just being a very um, smart person. It's like, you can't attack my mind. Don't tell me my mind's just a computer. And what I'm getting at is as you're speaking, it sounds to me like you're not speaking from the computer. You're speaking from something else. So, how, so, what? what is the role of the mind in, in that respect?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that we were talking about before is a very pre programmed set, a very simplistic uh, extension of the animalistic brain, uh, the old hind brain, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100%, but, uh, and then there is the, uh, once we come to accept that to some degree, we have more and more capacity to, uh, we could call it intellect. Uh, more of a discernment rather than a, mm. a simple program. Um, right? The ability to question something. I've always thought this thing was bad, but is it, you know, let me re- reassess that. So that this and the less our thinking process is tied up in these very habitual thoughts, the more um, space then and, and energy we have for this kind of um, different type of thinking that we don't access very often at mm. least yes Um, so very different thoughts like maybe uh if i don't push against this thing it might go away which Mm -hmm. is total 180 on what the 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 let's call it lower and higher mind for one of the better phrase but yeah its lower mind is convinced if i push against this thing it will go away and if i grab a hold of this thing Mm. i'll get to keep it right
0: right right so there's um there's a discernment as you start to embody this practice more and more of almost really knowing where the thought is coming from, whether it's coming from separation or whether it's coming from this more kind of expansive place.
1: And you can feel that in your body, can't you? You know, some emotion Mm -hmm. comes up or something and your thought process then is either going to make your body feel better or worse. It's going to add to that kind of resistance that's going on depending on where, and I'm not trying to split the mind in two. It's just like it has this yeah. limited function and this much more higher function. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then um, I do, I I, I know that, um, you know, you speak of, I believe that our group actually took one of your challenges for lack of a better term. But <laughs> I remember you saying, you know, try this for 30 days or something to that effect. And it was to... Um, not enmeshed with the thoughts and and really just, you can tell me, you know, this has been a while and I can't remember, but you can tell me if if I'm even close to what you said, but um, something about, you know, when the thought comes up, try not to label it or connect with it or sort it or anything, just kind of watch it and um, accept it for what it is. And then it just kind of goes away. And if I remember correctly, you said, as you do that more and more and more, that, these kind of negative thoughts or these um, separate separate thoughts will start to be like up on the balcony instead of right in front of your face
1: yeah that you get some distance from them Um, energetically you seem to have a choice then whether to believe them or not um and at first that that just doesn't seem possible you're just you're believing the thoughts before you uh, even realize Mm. what's happened and you only find out later whoa I was completely lost in my mind for that that time Um, but as we just making an effort to just let whatever comes come in terms of mind because mind turns in on itself it's judging its own thoughts good bad wanted not wanted it's doing that whole process with itself which really fragments it even more and makes it feel very disturbed Right. so as you stop that bit of it at least whatever thoughts are coming whether, whether I would usually say that I want them or not can I just right. let them come and go and then a lot of the energy we've had invested in rejecting our mind because we're constantly pushing against it I right. don't want this uh, it gets freed up then that energy and you've got more space then for this more intelligent thought to, to start to happen mm. what happens if I don't push against this what's that like
0: yeah yeah and it's um it is it becomes a practice i believe i don't know if you want to call it a practice but it becomes a it change it changes the the default yeah so then it it becomes a habit
1: like anything else it's Mm. it's just a habit to push against what is whether that's my mind um whatever it is and that's only a habit that's developed because we we've had this idea that to do that is gonna make us feel better right and when it's, we, it's start to examine it, yeah, we really yeah. start to look at that that's never worked resisting something has never worked to get rid of it or make us feel better
0: right. it just gets bigger right or just gets yeah. more louder and bigger yeah.
1: such a long time this idea is is, is running the show if i push mm-hmm. against this thing it will go away and that's right. the whole kind of function of that lower mind isn't it if i push against this fear or this unworthiness or this whatever it is, um, this lack that I'm experiencing in my life, yeah. it will disappear. And um, uh, finally, that's seen through. That's just not working for me, right? For anyone, ever.
0: Or if you can overcome it, or tame it, or you know,
1: do do something with it, anything with something. it, other than just accept it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is this is quite profound. So walk me through, just for the listeners, walk me through. The process you teach or your own process when um, you know is it that you're meditating or how do you get to a place where you're able to kind of start to re uh, rewire and change this pattern these patterns
1: it's very hard to just leave a thought alone if your attention is on those thoughts so it's easier mm-hmm. and this is what we're calling meditation at least my definition of it mm-hmm. to bring your attention away from thoughts to the background that they're happening in so We could call it the silence um, or there's a stillness in which the thoughts are coming and going or awareness. We could call it, I'm aware of my thoughts. So I can bring my attention to the awareness that's watching those thoughts. It's actually literally impossible for me to push against the thoughts and have my attention on the awareness. Mm -hmm. And conversely, if my attention is on the thoughts that are coming up, it's impossible not to resist them to try to do something with them. So it's just swapping a habit over of my attention always going to what's moving in my mind and changing and bringing it back to what's stable and unchanging. In that, then whatever needs to move can move, these thoughts can move. And naturally, the frequency of our thoughts is always trying to increase to more and more pleasant feeling thoughts, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: more and more in line with who we really are as the infinite being. Mm But as we got our attention fixated on mind pushing against it, we're sort of impeding that from happening. So, what can we do to get our attention off of that? So we can focus on what's real and stable—the the space, the background, whatever we want to call it—the field in which the thoughts are showing up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, is this is this um, you know getting a regular practice of meditation, or just is it just you know what works for, for different people? I'm sure it's all different things.
1: It is helpful to have a regular practice, especially at first, because we're trying to build a new habit. So sitting down, um, <clears throat> even 20 minutes a day is enough. And um, some people, even if they can't do that, they can do 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in an evening. We're just bringing attention back to the real self by whichever name we're calling it, field, the awareness, silence, stillness, yeah. consciousness. Um, attention going to what to the consciousness itself rather than what I'm conscious of. Mm. It's bringing it back to the consciousness um, over and over again, Um, and that will just naturally then develop because it begins to feel quite pleasant. Begins Mm. to again, you won't be in conflict with yourself then in that moment. So as it begins to feel nicer, there's a contentment and a peace that comes with that. Naturally, you want to do that when you're not, you know, sort of formally sitting down to meditate. It just starts to happen during the day, anyway. The rest of your day.
0: Yes. That's what I was going to share is that several years ago, you know, one of the teachers I was following said, just do meditation every day. And then I just, you know, yeah. I did it every day. And and now it's like, it's, it's just, it's all, I'm always in meditation. It doesn't yeah. feel like I'm not in meditation or if I'm not, I know right away. Yeah,
1: Your body tells you straight yeah. away, right? Yeah. Or something. Body tells you. Yeah. yeah. And it becomes more and more effortless, more mm-hmm. and more automatic. So that habit is forming or has formed to um not totally fixate on the thoughts which just kind of all this life force energy is going to the mind and fueling it then
0: right and that opens up more space for this more the more expansive thoughts and energy and ideas and yeah it's more just free and flowing
1: yeah because um it actually costs us a lot of energy to believe thoughts and we've just been doing it so long we, we haven't really realized how much that's cost us energetically I mean, really, um, most of the sleep we need at night, it's not because of what our body's done during the day. It's because of how many thoughts we've been believing. Uh, that sounds insane, but it's... No, it just makes true. so much sense. That's yeah. why I had to laugh.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, exhausting.
1: Sure, but... it's exhausting. It's yeah. exhausting. Because the thoughts we're believing are so opposite to what's really true. You know, if, if I'm really feeling I'm not good enough or there's something yeah. wrong with me, you can't get more 180 than on what you really are this perfect right. divine being showing off right you know so it costs a lot to do that
0: yeah so i've heard some teachers recommend that you kind of do that um turn the thought around just just as a simple practice just turn it around and say if the if the thought is i'm not good enough i'm not worthy or whatever you just simply turn it around and say i am or you know if it's whatever it may be just kind of turn it around
1: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, effective for a while, Uh, Mm -hmm. but we're still in duality there. We're still pleasant and unpleasant. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we're focusing on one aspect of duality, we're going to have to keep experiencing the other. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was curious how you'd answer it because in a lot of the readings I've done, that's like sometimes where people, they tell people to start. And and, I mean, as I'm hearing you speak, it's like you're literally saying all the Western ideals that we've been taught. Are actually you're turning them upside down, right? Because the Western ideals are push and achieve and resist and <laughs> basically go against and that it works
1: is. in a in an outer world way. You know, right. if I if I'm training to run a marathon, the more effort I put into that, the faster I'm going to reach that level of fitness or something, right? In spirituality, it's quite the opposite, isn't it? It's learning to stop resisting, to to yeah. let go, to open up. Um, to be curious rather than to try to find out a final answer. So right. it, that's why it seems to take us so long because it's totally um, a skill that we've never learned before, actually.
0: Right, right. And we don't need it
1: anywhere else except in our awakening. The ability right. to let go and relax and release and open and soften and include rather than exclude.
0: Right, right. And it's uh, it's the like you said, on the external world. But what I have found is that as you start to do this more and more, then things on the external world just kind of come together effortlessly and in flow. And you're kind of just looking around like, oh, did that just happen? I can't even believe I just did all that. Yeah,
1: it's um, because our outer world is a reflection of what's going on inside. And There's this lack of conflict in here because I'm not really just a separate being. I am those other beings I'm seeing out there. Um, it has to have an effect. It has to mirror back to me from my outer world too. And even if the body is exerting a lot of physical effort doing some something exercise or some physical work, there's still not that tiredness there um, because the tiredness uh, is coming from the, the believing the thoughts as well. So even when there is effort needed from the body, it's 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 kind of effortless effort for. The, I don't really know how to say that better, but you hopefully get a sense of it.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. And another phrase I like that you made me think of is a choiceless choice where you're starting to kind of go through your life without even really thinking about it. It's just, kind of, it's just kind of happening and you're just accepting it. And I loved how you started this conversation with inner pieces about not being in conflict with yourself because as you've learned through your own direct experience, as you do this, you're not in conflict. And you're not in conflict and then the inside outside matches the inside yeah. and it's kind of like what we like to call the flow boat. you're just on the flow boat. you're just kind of flowing down the river and you're not in conflict to the wave or the the bump in the as you're flowing you're just kind of just adapting and changing and going yeah. through life
1: choosing by how it feels as well how the choices feel more and more rather than think a thought process of um you know, logical thought process. This choice just feels right, even if it doesn't make any logical sense. Yes. this one makes logical sense, but it doesn't feel right at all. You know, more and more than to trust that feeling then.
0: Yes. Yes. That is a really big one. Is trusting the, trusting your body, trusting the feeling. And what I have found is most of the time it is illogical. Yeah. Because you're dealing with a different energy and it's not, it's, it's not logical like ABCD one, yeah. two, three, it's like, oh, I'm going to do this and do that. And then oh, I wonder what's going to happen. And you just kind of trust it and watch it all unfold.
1: But then you're in a different place than when you're in that flow boat, I think you said, you know, because yeah. um, you're enjoying the, the process and the unfolding and the journey. Whereas when we're doing something from a logical place, we're not enjoying that bit of it. Or we're trying to get some end result where we're enjoying it. Right. The whole thing is is fun then, isn't it? It's, it's unfolding step by step. So even if, even if you didn't seem to be getting to where you want to be, which is happening, but mind isn't recognizing that. Right. You're having fun anyway. It's kind of like being led to the next step of it. So it's just a different way of orienting your life where right. it's a continuous unfolding rather than I need to get this thing to happen and put a lot of effort into that.
0: Right, right. Okay, we're going to finish up part one and then we'll go on to part two. But I think for part two, what's coming through now is really discussing a little bit about what is the actual true self or however you want. I think you just said self, self with a capital S or however you want it. But really um, helping people understand more about what that means to really be in touch with your your authentic true self. And and then um, maybe we'll touch on a little bit about how does this play out in your in your daily life, just in general? How do we how do we think about spirituality in our daily lives and not something that you do, you know, when you go to a retreat once a year or something like that? But <laughs> yeah. that'll be our next uh, set of uh, discussion topics. And uh, we will go on to part two in just seconds. All right, thank you, Helen. It's really great to have this conversation with you. And I feel like in the last short conversation of like 20, 25 minutes, whatever it was there was just a lot of profound insights that people could really use and understand and kind of, you know, just, I think I can tell totally, it totally changes your life. I mean, I'm just going to say that it totally changes your life. And I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, you know, this, you were saying that when you have these thoughts that are, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy, or I made a mistake or whatever it may be that we spend all this energy trying to, reject those thoughts or overcome them and you were saying that it's so interesting because you're actually really not those things those thoughts Mm -hmm. and so that really gets to self so i'd love to hear what you know what you think about that or share about that
1: yeah it's been um it's been a very long-standing habit to think of ourselves in a certain way and not to question that because it seems so real that i am this um body I am this small finite limited being separate to everyone and everything else and at some point we find ourselves curious as to or or usually from intense suffering Uh um, occasionally curiosity or sometimes both right just really drawn to question that like is that actually all there is to me Um, and usually like for my own journey my life wasn't working very well at all from that place Mm of thinking I was a separate being never did right um so through desperation there was this urge to find something bigger than than what I thought of myself right bigger spiritually you know so um discovered that I wasn't what I thought I was at all when I actually tried to find this person this someone that had been the central focus of all of my life and even my uh journey to awakening was, was yeah. centered around this separate person that I thought I was couldn't right. find it at all it just wasn't there and that was just so very shocking at first there was a massive amount of relief but also a lot of shock and some a little bit of fear
0: right
1: because um it was like somebody just pulled the rug out from underneath my life right um, but uh, luckily something pushed me to keep looking at that and as I kept looking there was just this deep peace and relief that everything I thought about myself had never been true it would all been based on this idea that I was a separate being right and what I actually found was this something that's very different to that that there's a body here there's thoughts and emotions and all of that still but what I really am is something that is formless. It is not a thing at all. It's stable. It's not coming and going. It's not subject to suffering, anything like that. It has been called many things. We've touched upon some of those silence, awareness, right. consciousness, right. beingness, presence. Um, but really, you know, self with a capital S. But it's not limited. It's not finite. It's mm. um, There's only one being here and it's showing up as all of these beautiful incarnations that are here on the planet today and and all the planets and everything so that's very different to the way that we're um, habitually thinking about ourselves
0: right because we're the way we're taught is that you're a separate being Mm -hmm. and everything's separate and and you're not i mean when does anybody ever say that You're the limitless, timeless, boundless, infinite self.
1: (laughs) It's never. Uh, And with that idea of being a separate being comes a lot of suffering because we feel alone. And somewhere in the back of our consciousness, we know that we have uh, at least been with or had access to something much greater than that. So there's this sense of loss Mm -hmm. um, and sadness in most of us that's deeply buried, that we're trying to, uh this empty hole inside us that we're trying to fill up from our relationships from my career trying to extract everything we can out of that to feel better right and uh, that eventually flips okay if i'm not at all what i thought i was do i need to get any of that stuff or is it really you know approval security acceptance Mm -hmm. love uh whatever it is that we're looking for it starts to be recognized as um already being here as a function of who we really are rather than what we thought ourselves to be.
0: Right And then I what I have seen in the with a lot of people kind of going through the spiritual journey is that they're looking for this expansive version of themselves through the lens of the limited self.
1: Yeah because that's all we know. Right. All we know is if I have to find something, I'll use the same vehicle that I've always used to do that and right. usually that's the mind the, the limited sense of self and uh that's what takes the time really in awakening once we realize there's a direct way to look and ex- actually experience that we're not what we thought what we thought we were then it really does begin to speed up but our default yeah. setting is um this thing that i'm looking for is outside of me let me go look for it in my traditional right. way
0: yeah. right right And to your point around the experiencing is that then you start believing it.
1: Yeah. right? Because what you really are is infinitely powerful. You are that which created the entire cosmos and sustains it. So that infinite power is showing up as a human being. And if you believe an idea as this infinite power, this idea is experienced as very real, so real that we never even think to question if we're really separate for such a long time until it becomes so painful to continue to live as a separate being a person. That's only the only time then that we do because the illusion of being a someone is, is self-sustaining. I keep thinking it's true. So I keep experiencing it. Right. Right. And it goes around and around then.
0: And you find evidence, mind finds evidence to prove that it is true. Because it's again, it's
1: sifting and sorting again, isn't it? this is what I believe to be true. This is untrue. So this evidence here can go over there and I'll put my attention. I'll remember this stuff that proves my theory of who I am, that I'm not good enough or I'm not safe or whatever is going yeah. on for me.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, some people will start to question this through just a lot of pain and some people will question it. I, I like to talk about it, as, you know, like finding some people we'll do it through the light and some people will do it through the dark, but eventually reach a point where you want to start asking the questions of, is this really who I am?
1: Yeah. And for me, it was just a deep sense of, it can't be just this. Mm. I can't just go through my life, be born, live a certain amount of time and then die. Like really what, what it can't just be that where's the meaning and the purpose in that. Um, It was driven by suffering and despair yeah. But there was this intense curiosity that began to, to really overtake that. Yeah. And the suffering began to kind of fall away as I saw clearer and clearer. I'm not at all what I thought myself to be.
0: Right. And you said it was a relief too, that I thought was really interesting.
1: Yeah, because the, thought, the whole constant background of my life had been this, and I hadn't realised, but fear constantly, pretty much constantly, either very overtly or very subtly in the background. The sense that, at any moment something can go wrong based on this idea right. that I'm not good enough and somebody's right. going to find me out at some point. I'm going to do or say something right. that's going to expose myself and my world's going to come crashing down. This has right. been like all of us there in the background. And to suddenly see that that person that had these issues was totally unreal. That was just such a, karmic relief is, is the words that want to come out because suddenly um i realized i've been safe my entire life right and and uh even before this body came absolutely safe so safe i could never be unsafe right although it had seemed that way right and it's just this intense uh relief just overwhelming i think i spent about three days just crying yeah, yeah on and off because of the i've had it so very wrong about myself mm.
0: and so in terms of you know some people will say when you say the the self or the capital s or this limit it's the soul and then there's the human and that sounds again like trying to put it into two places like a duality but i'm just curious if you how do you you know how do you talk about that with people that say oh well my soul knows the truth or my soul feels this um but my human self does this you know like that kind of whole conversation about the two different selves
1: yeah um for, for me there's there's what i really am which is formless and infinite and it's the same essence that everyone has there's also then an individualized but not separate energetic part of me which you could mm-hmm. call soul or um whatever you know, uh, individual meaning unique, but not Mm -hmm. separate, like the waves on the are separate to the ocean. And yet each wave is unique. And then there's my physical body. And um, I can't really expect my body and my uh, logical mind to understand what my soul knows or my individual being knows. It's just not going to be able to, because it's doing this dualistic thing, my mind, and it can never be otherwise. So... And this goes right back to where we started that I can't expect my mind to get what I've realized on a, on a higher level, so to speak.
0: Right. Right. Your mind is not going to find inner peace It's going to be looking forever.
1: It will, um, the, the recognition that, uh, mind can't really understand, uh, the deeper aspect of what we really are will allow the mind to just rest. Mm. Because as you begin to realize that you're safe and that you are good enough, and that you have always been then a lot of mind's thinking goes quiet anyway because a lot of what it's talking about is how to become worthy how to get safe how to make sure you're safe right it's constantly trying to do that isn't it that's a lot of the thought process is so as that becomes clear that that's just not necessary you're not fueling this thought process unconsciously Mm then it naturally falls into silence more and more anyway
0: And the fear, the fear is not driving your life as much because, like you said, you're you're realizing. So I'm I'm wondering if some listeners can say, "Well, yeah, I I mean, I get that you're safe energetically and spiritually, but somebody can still shoot you."
1: Yeah. So somebody could harm the body, the physical body. Um, But again, as this uh, deepens, the seeing deepens that I am safe. I've always been safe, and most especially the understanding that I'm not limited at all, right. that I can't find somewhere where my beingness stops. Um, with that comes a sense, a recognition that everything and everyone is this beingness too. Right. And most especially my body it is, you could say it's arising out of the beingness, the consciousness, mm-hmm. but even that's a little dualistic. It's saying that there is actually a physical body here it looks like it, but really, what it's made of is essence. If we right. were to go down through the muscle and the skin and the bone, we'd come to tissues and then cells and then um, subcellular, and then the um, <clears throat> smaller and smaller and smaller, we'd come back to the essence of everything, which is this formlessness, this awareness, beingness. So, as you realize that, that all of these objects, and of course, this takes a little longer to, to fully get. Yeah. Everything that we're perceiving and experiencing is the same consciousness looking like something. Right. And the sense of safety envelops the body too. And it's very, very hard then to have an accident or uh, to stub your toe or, you know, do the things that get into a, a car accident or something like that. And the body is um, cocooned in this kind of aura of safety for want of a better phrase. So it has an effect on the body too. I mean, eventually yeah. some, the body's going to come to an end at some point. Right. right, But up until that point, there doesn't need to be anything negative happening to the body.
0: Right, yeah. And, it, and it's a lot of the fear at the end of the day is really the fear of death, which is the death of the, the body and the, yeah. and the mind. So obviously yeah. not the limitless self.
1: Yeah, if... Um, I've come to see that um, my body is also the consciousness, that it was never really, I mean, we say it's born and we say it dies, but really all it is is uh, I'm holding this body together in a particular shape Mm
0: -hmm.
1: for a certain amount of time. And then I let go of doing that and it it dissolves back into its elemental nature, goes through this kind of recycling process, like all of manifestation and is assembled into another form. So this idea of birth and death even become very fluid uh, right. eventually
0: right um, and the recognition
1: you know, deeper then that you're not just experiencing life through this one body you're experiencing it through all of them
0: right because you're connected to the one source
1: yeah there is only the one of us and right. in each particular body mind vehicle I feel like I'm only experiencing myself here mm. But as we begin to override that gently with the sense that I don't really come to an end anywhere as the silence, as the stillness consciousness, I don't have an edge or a boundary. I am infinite. Uh My body has a a, a boundary and a size and a shape, but not me. Then that automatically there's there's a love and a compassion that begins to arise for other beings because you see they are also you, even if they don't realize that. Right. There's a, a softening of these, um, self-imposed sort of um boundaries for want of a word you know unhealthy boundaries some boundaries are healthy of course
0: yeah this is <laughs> I was say, this is mind-blowing it's literally mind-blowing <laughs> <laughs> no it's really profound and it feels like that the that real internalized i don't know if i want to call it a belief but that feeling that you have if you can really feel like I am not separate, you know, I mean, the um, kind of starting with curiosity seems like a place that's really helpful, right? Or just kind of inquiring, who am I, you know, what, and and knowing that, to, to your point, I think the safety one's so just miraculous because it feels like you can start to feel safe then because fear is driving us so drastically that to your point you know you're for the awakening before you really started going down this path it was it was you said it didn't really work for you and that you're always worried not at all right so you're always worried that everything was going to fall apart at any moment and it's and if you think about the world we live in that's where the majority of people are is they're constantly worried about everything falling apart or this um, one of the teachers I follow talks about like instead of being paranoid you should be glad annoyed Like, like every time you turn a corner you should be you should be Michael Michael Beckwith but every time you turn a corner you should just be like oh what is is consciousness going to bring me now like oh what's happening you know and and it is like
1: that it really is like that after a while because there is nothing to fear literally nothing outside of you to fear right Um, before this my my whole life was run with this background feeling that it's the world is unsafe for me right it's dangerous it wasn't a conscious thing it was just right uh, I'd run back home to be by myself as soon as I right. could, right. you know, because there's some idea of it's dangerous out there or something. That whole thing just begins to disappear after a right. while. Just uh, everything I meet is myself in disguise. Yes. You know, and, and yes. I wouldn't say that to, to a lot of beings. I'm not ready to, to hear that.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It does bring this right back to where we started, this profound peace. Right. Because uh, I'm not in conflict with myself in any Expression of myself, not just this body. I can let that person be as they are, and I can let this one be as they are, and uh, yeah. that peace really deepens. In
0: yeah, and then what about you know, things are going to happen. Like I hurt my shoulder, got my tooth almost knocked out playing basketball, and and I laugh because when I share with my my groups, you know, it's like I was literally meditating the whole time and just watching the movie of me playing basketball. And the next thing I know, I was like, oh, now my tooth. <laughs> but it's like, you know, the, this intellectual, mind could say, well, see, he's not safe because he, he decided to play basketball. And now he, you know, got his tooth knocked out and his shoulders been bad for six months. And, um, mm-hmm. but how do you feel, or how do you teach around this? You know, things just happen. Everything happens for a reason or whatever you want to say. And you just kind of accept it for what it is. And, and you ask what the lesson is and you go, go on with your life.
1: Yeah. And, and for a while, even once you've seen that you're not really a separate being, life will keep showing you places where you feel unsafe still. Mm. Um, So uh, some idea that the body can be injured or hurt, like you said, sometimes that plays out. It was something not not sports related, but some injury happened for me as well Mm. uh, to really make me, uh, you know, I was willing to see by this point that here's where I'm still believing that I'm not safe so it's a kind of right. an inner realization of it and then there's yes. certain points in our life we have to apply it to yeah like going to the dentist i was terrified right. going to the dentist yes. you know logically i know i'm safe but right. sitting in that chair i'm terrified so here's somewhere i need to kind of apply what i've seen that the dentist isn't uh different to me outside of me right you know, a fear of um authority figures and right. so little places in my life where Life is nudging me to say um, this is what you need to look deeper here into this.
0: Oh, that's such a great way of putting it. And I feel like, you know, I always say just life is going to show you the universe and show you exactly what you're ready for to learn. Yeah.
1: <laughs> whether you want to or not. Yeah. Whether you
0: want to or not. And <laughs> yeah. I always feel like for certain beings like you and me, it's like the universe and life, whatever you want, to call it, it's a little more gentle. <laughs> like, or At least it has been it, for me.
1: <laughs> the more willing you are to see the more gentle it can be um,
0: yes that's a great way of it. Yeah,
1: yeah but of course we get to that point when we get to that point i've had my fair share of um slaps from life you know like, right. hey you're not paying attention here look at this you know
0: no that's uh, so precise the way you're saying that and in the funny story when i did go speaking of the dentist i did go and so i played basketball at like 9 p.m and I have a husband and wife dentist and they live an hour from their office and they have an emergency line. And they're like, okay, this is actually an actual real emergency now. So we're going to see you. Like, I, I guess they get phone calls all the time that aren't real emergencies. <laughs> so yeah. they, they brought me in and they, the tooth had gotten loose. And it was basically just kind of dangling and they shoved it back in. And um, yeah, see your face. So the, the dentist said in his 35 years of being a dentist, he's never shoved a tooth back in without the person screaming. And he's like, what, how did that happen? I said, oh, well, this is a long conversation, but I was already in a meditative state the whole time I was playing. So when I got to them an hour later, I was still Mm -hmm. completely just watching the movie and my body didn't actually respond, which I think isn't really interesting, whatever you want to call it, just a moment of, to your point, it's like, well, what are you ready to see? And I was ready to see that there was still some fear around that. And yet there was a nice little, gentle okay we're gonna we're not gonna make it hurt too much or i don't know
1: and, and this is you know the 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 simplicity of spirituality is that in this moment i can see that it's my pushing against my resisting that's causing my suffering so yes. i can even be um going through some great amount of physical pain uh, as you were experiencing yeah uh but if i'm not resisting it then I'm not suffering and that, that was huge yes. for me to realize yes. and as the self as the infinite self as the real consciousness it's impossible to resist isn't it you're just yes. kind of yes. watching and the movie changed from this sports game to here I am at the dentist having this you know so, okay yes. this is interesting yeah yeah no that's that's
0: uh that is just so profound yeah it's it's, it's exactly not being in resistance to it. And that's how I've talked about that, that story is that I, I really, and this is why I wanted to ask you this question of like, when something quote unquote bad happens to you, mm-hmm. is it actually bad or is it just like happening? Because when, when I, when I first got hit and I'm using this kind of silly story, I think to, to you know, illustrate, but when I first got hit in the mouth, my first thought was, Oh my gosh, our dental insurance, like, you know, I don't have dental oh, yeah. insurance.
1: What am I going to do? Like, and-, and I'm I not see. in
0: the UK. So like everything in this country, you have to pay a lot for for private insurance. So I literally thought, okay, five, six, $7,000. And then it was like, why are you playing basketball? And the judgment thought came, you sh- yeah. you're, you're 46 years old. Why are you acting like you're 15? You know, that came and then uh, all these thoughts and I just watched them. And I said, okay, to your point, I didn't enmesh and start to resist them. And I just said, okay, okay. okay. I just let them go and then all of a sudden I was picking up the phone I was what's their emergency line I was calling them then the whole time I was like there's no need to resist what's happening right now because I'm in the car driving in the dark and I this is just what is this is just what's happening and by the time the guy shoved my tooth up I, I was there was no resistance to anything so the body was totally relaxed
1: and there's examples of people going through uh, major operations without anesthesia. I'm not recommending anybody do that until they <laughs> yeah, yeah. really feel sure of it. Test right, it some easy way, but but the physical pain, uh, is it, not happening to you. It's just happening, and right. uh, the same with those thoughts, right? Judgmental Why? Why yeah. am I, I knew I shouldn't have done this, and how yeah. am I going to pay for this, and right. all that's just happening and not resisted. Then isn't it? So you you, you go through those the the initial knee-jerk response is to resist always right. Uh, right. to reject and to to go into some kind of judgment but very quickly shifting almost instantaneously to a, a different place to experience it from yeah and life will show you these little places that knocks you back into the old style of thinking so yes, you can make absolutely. a better choice you know then okay what's right. this like to just experience it rather than thinking
0: right trying to change it or resist it um Now, when the thoughts come, this is a question that I always wonder about when the thoughts come and you are, if you're trying to love the thoughts, maybe send them love, or is that, is that still kind of, it's this whole idea of like, you know, you appreciate the compliment, but you don't like the criticism. So if you're enmeshing with the thought, whether it's love or rejection, you're still enmeshing. Is that, do you see what I'm getting at?
1: Yeah, it's still very, uh, it's still dualistic, only very subtly. Mm-hmm. I'm trying right. to do something with it. And right. um, we do this in all kinds of ways. I'm trying to allow abundance rather than re- resist it. Or it, we're still trying to do right. something uh, right. one way or the other. And uh, the recognition of what we really are then kind of resets that that did for me. Because the self, the infinite silence, it literally cannot do anything with anything. It's like, the def- very definition of love, which is just, um, one, well, one of the definitions of love is, for me, yeah, is um, totally allowing everything to be as it is. And the, the consciousness cannot do anything other than that. Right. So it doesn't even have to try to love. It can't be unloving and that. It can't destroy anything. It can't resist anything that appears inside it, whether that's a right. thought or an emotion right. or physical pain, anything. It has no other way to be with it. other than two it's like saying the space in this room is going to push against the furniture it literally can't
0: right right so when the thought comes some people will say you know send love to your send love to the negative thought or um you know send love to the inner child or whatever and if i'm hearing you correctly you're saying that that's not even necessary
1: eventually no i mean it's a great step along the way right right better than resisting it with everything you've got which we we start where we start from um but eventually even that becomes too much um effort too much trying to change something because to send love to something we've got to kind of be seeing it as something unwanted or negative yes Uh, yes even in a very subtle way yeah so yeah. what's it like to experience this without my labels what's it like to just right. be this thing these thoughts or this emotion or this so the emotion. sensation comes
0: where the thought comes and you're you're literally just closing your eyes and
1: just being
0: just being just being here
1: yeah there's a kind of a, a curiosity that becomes um more and more your only way to be with something like you were saying about sitting there in the dentist chair like yeah. what's it like to just go through this even this Yeah. I would have before perhaps uh really gone into a lot of thought process about it and resistance my body would tense up then and it would really hurt really hurt rather than just kind of relaxed up and what's this about what's it showing me what's it what am I what can I learn from this
0: right right yeah and I like how in some of your answers you're saying you know this is a stepping stone and obviously everyone's on their own journey yeah. But depending on where you are in the journey, sometimes you do have to do like the opposite of the thought and you do have to send love to the inner yeah. child. And I've
1: done all of that. I have used all of those stepping stones just because I'm saying this is where I'm at now. Doesn't right. mean I haven't used those stepping stones, you know, and right. uh, they're all appropriate where, where they're appropriate and they're for us.
0: Right. And, and to your point earlier, it's almost like when you start to connect with this version of yourself that you'll kind of be shown what's the next step anyway so it might be oh this for me this is working right now and then a month later it might be oh I don't need that anymore that's what I found for myself is that as I go through the journey it's like oh that process or that thing that I did to really calm and get myself to you know higher frequency higher just being more calm and present now it's like it's become a default and now it's it's but it does at the end of the day it's really simple
1: yeah and we'll we'll you know the the more we're paying attention to this moment, not resisting what is our, yeah. ourselves this moment, same thing. But the clearer it'll be what that next step is, and the right. more obvious it will be right. what the best thing moving forward is. It'll right. just be um stunningly obvious in the end when it just right. this is going to yeah. lead to all kinds of trouble. Whatever this is, yes. this is going to be something. Fun. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And you start to know that really well, and you know how it feels in your body to your point, and or intuitively what it feels like, and you kind of know. Um, I can feel the different types of thoughts, yeah, and whether it's like an intuition saying, "Okay, now this is the next step," it's like, "Oh, okay," uh, versus you know the logical mind and the planning and yeah. all the different steps. It's kind of it's just, it's more natural.
1: Yeah, you start to notice this. There's the same thought can be there why have i done this you know the mind's the lower mind would say why have i done this and it'll go into all kind of judgment and blame
0: right
1: this kind of open intellect this curiosity will say why have i done this and it feels totally different in your body there's right. a curiosity there that wasn't there before
0: right well and one of the things i think maybe we can end on this is is this idea that sometimes people think spirituality so i went to um i went to a spiritual retreat in um, Colorado actually that's what I was asking you earlier if you're going uh-huh. to Colorado's beautiful location yeah. and the organizer of the retreat said one of the staff members said like oh I feel so great when I'm in this retreat and then as soon as I go back home I don't feel good again mm-hmm. and so I think sometimes we kind of think spirituality is like going to the retreat and you know meditating for 20 minutes but to me it feels like it's really every moment of your life and so a lot of things off we've off. talked about right is every yeah, moment it starts like, off
1: as going to the retreat or attending a, a a zoom session or um doing my 20 minutes meditation it starts off like that but then gradually it will uh it starts to really bear fruit you're going to want to feel that way more and more right. your life right. end isn't it rather right. than right. something I do it's just something i am more and more
0: yes and i feel like it's every moment of your life there's an opportunity to to practice it and to be with it and that's yeah. kind of what I was getting at. It's like it's it's every moment of your life is this the whole
1: conversation is curiosity and progress, isn't yeah. it? What yeah. is this conversation right now? Where is it? Where will it, Where does it want to go? What does it want to expand into? And kind right. of discovery and a curiosity rather than a kind of agenda. With um, we can have loose ideas of what we want to talk about, but right. where that actually goes in the in the actual moment is is where it goes.
0: Yes. Yes that's a great way to end. <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> where it went, yeah.
0: exactly where it went. no, it was such a pleasure. it was pleasant to speak with you and it it wasn't unpleasant, but you know, i would accept whatever it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was wanted and good and pleasant, yeah.
0: <laughs> um but you know, i did want to give you an opportunity. we'll share in the notes anything you have coming up, but i know you do. i have done your um online, i think your you call them satsangs and i know you have mm. an in-person retreat and i love doing your program sometimes they conflict with my schedule because the you have so many different countries but i love doing them and i would recommend them to anyone but i just want to give you a moment to share and like i said we'll put all the details in the notes but anything you'd just like to share with the folks i want to um you know learn more about you or spend some time uh with you
1: yeah we have uh free satsang every uh every week when when we're not doing retreats and things like that um yeah that's every thursday uh, all the details are on the website but Uh, so come along and join the satsang we have also in september uh dissolving the ego course and ego for me is just um a collection of all the assumptions that we haven't examined yet all the ideas that we're still believing so it's a four-week course Mm -hmm. based on directly what we've been talking about today what actually worked for me in my awakening uh hopefully practically based as well so Anybody that really wants to get out of suffering very quickly, that would be what we recommend. But okay. check out the YouTube channel. There's just tons of stuff on there for free, and on the website as well as a lot of audio stuff. Just Okay, Wonderful.
0: Yeah. No. There's. There's. It's very accessible. That's how. That's how uh, I found YouTube. So, thank you, Helen. I really appreciate it. It's been great spending time with you.
1: Thank you for having me back. It's been uh, very enjoyable. All right. Take care.
2: Wow, what an amazing conversation with Helen. I want to thank Helen once again for literally blowing my mind (laughs) with her straightforward and simple, peaceful explanations of spiritual awakening. If you want to learn more about Helen, please look her up on her website at helenhamilton.org. And like I mentioned before, she has weekly satsangs and you can find her on YouTube and she's just an amazing teacher that I hope you can enjoy. I wanted to close by just letting you know that we are launching the next cohort of the Inner Sangha. So if you want to expand access to your inner guidance, grow your meditation practice, and to lear- and learn to live in the full embodied joy of your truest self, then the Inner Sangha is for you. If you want to learn more, check out my website at davidkrichards.com and you can look up the Inner Sangha under the Mindful Living page. And if you're interested and you want to learn more, we did just record a podcast episode with the actual members of the inner Sangha, where they speak directly to their own transformation and what they've learned. And they're just dropping spiritual truths and truth bombs left, right and center. So it's an amazing episode if you haven't listened to it already. And if not, that's great too. Have a wonderful day and thanks for listening.